to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Uh, we have a special episode for you today. It's kind of a longer mini-sode. Um, we were going to publish a full episode with both Sarah and I this week, but we had some issues, so it's going to be a special episode of little uh, mini-episodes combined. I'm going to read some stories people have sent in on both our Instagram DMs and on our Gmail, our email account, um, which is, by the way, not so Molly Mormon podcast at gmail.com. And that is the best place to send your story if you want us to read it, just because it doesn't get lost as easily in the Gmail. So, for example, on Instagram, we get so many DMs that it's hard to keep track of who we've replied to and whose story we've read and whose we haven't. So if you guys have sent us a story on Instagram and I haven't read it on here, I'm really sorry. I just, it's really, really hard to keep track of because you guys are so awesome and send us so many. So if I haven't read your story yet and you want me to read it on a mini-sode, please send it to our email account. That would be a lot easier and then that way we can for sure get it on the air. Also, if for some reason you've sent us an email and we haven't read it yet on um, the the mini-sodes, please send it again. I'm sorry, sometimes things just get lost in the craziness. So um, I'm sorry if I haven't read yours yet. Hopefully I get to it today. Also, I wanted to say thank you to everyone for your responses to our questions from last, uh, it was a couple days ago, we had you send in your crazy stories from when you were a teenager in the church, and we will be reading your responses to that on the next full-length episode that we do together, that both Sarah and I do together, and those were all awesome. They were so crazy, and I can't wait to share them. So today, I'm going to start with an email titled Temple Ordinances slash BYU Honor Code. Um, and as always with these emails, I'm not going to say the person's name unless they specifically tell me it's okay. So this one's going to be anonymous. <clears throat> okay. I'm a little late to the Momo Nomo party. <laughs> nice. Love that. And have been binge listening to your podcast. So many times I have listened to your experiences and have had many of those of my own. I was kicked out of my first apartment at BYU because I was accused of having a same-sex encounter. It was unfounded, but I was new and didn't know how to fight it, so I moved. I am also a former, former temple worker. I worked in a temple for about two years, and it is so interesting to hear your experiences or how you explain something you don't really understand. The initiatory ordinances and where the person gets their new name in preparation to go through the endowment. There were many people who would do like 10 to 20 initiatories for the dead if they didn't have time to do a session. Just going around in a circle in the booth, your head would get so oily because they put a drop on each time. And then they would go sit in the celestial room. Any hoozle. <laughs> I love that word, any hoozle. Keep on making your podcast. It's been fun listening. 
Um, thank you so much for that email. I love the word any hoozle. I'm going to start using it <laughs> every day now. Um, and I had no idea. Isn't that so fascinating that there were people who would do like 10 to 20 initiatories for the dead if they don't have time to do a session? Like, ew, your hair would get definitely so oily. Ugh, gross. And also, sorry you, <clears throat> oh, my voice. <laughs> sorry you got kicked out of your apartment. I know that like the homophobia is rampant and uh, oh, it's just crazy over there at BYU. <clears throat> okay, second email. This one is titled Molly Mo No Mo. I love how you guys have started using that. That's a maze. <laughs> okay. Hey guys, I just discovered y'all last week and I'm binge listening to all of your podcasts and thought I would tell you of my experience leaving the church. I was 20 when I left the church. It started when I was 18 and I met my husband. He was an atheist at the time, and as you know, that is a big no-no in the church, but we really hit it off and became best friends. I didn't let it get past that because I was a TBM and we all believe in marrying in the quote-unquote holy temple. And of course, we ended up falling in love and he got baptized for me and would go to church with me, and I really wanted to be with him and get married to him but he had only been baptized for a couple of months. In the church, you have to be baptized for a full year before you can get married in the temple. I was so distraught that I couldn't marry him, and honestly, I wanted to have sex so bad with him because I am just so in love with him. But no, the church forbids it. So we end up asking my parents if we could get civilly married first, and then a year later we would get married in the temple. They were very skeptical, and my father said, Be careful during this year, because the devil will try to tempt and sink, sink his hooks in you. Well, my wedding day was the best day of my life. All of my family could attend. All of my friends could attend. No one was left out. After we were married, we went to church and paid our tithing and were good Mormons. People looked at us as second-class Mormons because we were not married in the temple. My husband during the first year brought up all the things that I had questions of growing up that didn't make sense and told me one of the only reasons he got baptized was because he wanted to marry me because he loves me. When he told me all these things, I began to have serious doubts in the church. Why would God tear families apart, keep people who love each other out of super VIP heaven for not getting married and sealed in the temple? My world started falling apart because I believed in this shit for 19 years of my life my whole life at the time. I became extremely depressed and torn apart thinking about what my family would think of me if I left. They were all TBMs. I ended up in the mental hospital for attempted suicide. My mother and father called me while I was in the mental hospital on a Sunday. The first thing my mother asked me was if there was a church I could go to that day. That was the moment it kind of hit me that my own mother was more concerned about me going to church and living the gospel than my own mental health and well-being. I cried and cried that night and decided I was done with this church. It wasn't worth losing my sanity, life, and well-being. My husband was on my side. That's all I needed. When I got home, I stopped all of my Mormon routines, and it was hard, but a huge weight off my shoulder. I could now do what I wanted. I was free. My husband and I have been married for three years now, and we are as happy as ever. We still get asked, which temple did you guys get married in? And when I say we didn't, they are kind of taken aback, and I just smile because it is so ingrained in them that everyone needs to get married in the temple. Oh my gosh. Okay, so that story, wasn't that so amazing? Like, 
First of all, I am so happy that you and your husband went through that together. And it just shows how much love you have for each other and that you could work through that together because I know a lot of couples, they just get torn apart by religion, which is one of the things that's really ugly about religion is that if people have differing opinions or if they don't go through the same faith transition at the same time, that it tears them apart. And I'm so glad that you're still happy and still together and that he was so supportive. Um, I'm very sorry, though, about all of that shit you had to go through and the attempted suicide, but I'm happy that you're in a better place now. Um, I just think that story was so inspiring and... Uh, it shows that couples can work it out, right? (laughs) Religion doesn't have to be the end-all, be-all of a relationship. Okay, jumping into the third email. Hello, Katie and Sarah. New addict to your podcast writing. I'm the one who messaged you on Instagram and called you my two wise drunk aunts. (laughs) I love that she called us her wise drunk aunts. You know, I usually, um, I wish we recorded a little bit later because then I actually could be drinking wine, but you know, you know, it happens sometimes. (laughs) Okay. I thought I'd send you an email about my adventure with the church first because I need to get it off my chest once and for all. And second, because it might be interesting for anyone in a similar position. Last year I was living alone in Austria for my Erasmus. I hope I said that right my Erasmus program, which was both an amazing and very distressing distressing adventure. I remember crying a lot because I missed my family and felt like quitting a lot, but never did. Around Easter, I got really interested in religion. I attended the Catholic service on Easter night, but I felt that it lacked something. I already knew the Mormon church, only from the musical, admittedly, but I didn't know anything about it really, so I decided to give it a go. I remember feeling super nervous and nauseous the first time I went to church, but of course the missionaries were super welcoming and lovely, so that quickly washed off. Fast forward in time, I started attending more and more up to the point where I would go every Sunday for the complete meetings, meet with the sisters each week, go to family home evening and other church activities. It felt so nice to meet with such nice people, to feel surrounded, and it almost felt like having my family with me. They talked a lot about baptism, and if I had thought about it, and I said I couldn't do it without telling my parents about it because they had no idea of what I was doing. When I told my parents, they freaked out. They just couldn't believe I was even thinking about it because religion had never been my cup of tea, and nor was it my family's. They told me that I should stay away from this evil organization, but I couldn't oblige. They just didn't know the church, just what they'd heard and read, and it wasn't the truth, or was it? I returned home at the end of my Erasmus in June, and from there on, they worked actively to keep me away from the church. I went to sacrament meeting a couple of times, but my opinion of the church started degrading. Instead of coming home jolly like I usually did, I returned angered by the comments some people had said, or by the attitude of the missionaries, or the bishop and his wife. Although he never said it, the bishop obviously didn't like me, and never greeted me, ever. I don't know what he saw in me, perhaps it was the ghost of my old defiant self coming back to me, (laughs) but he was exceptionally cold. Then, I fucking opened my eyes to the sexism and the homophobia in the church, two things I swore to destroy, and I understood I couldn't go anymore. 
Since then, I haven't returned. I have definitely looked back more than once, but I keep myself clear from the ward. I'm still in touch with my original missionaries, although we don't write much, because I still think they're good beans. That's how I view the church now. Good people, but a bad organization. I have such mixed feelings towards